0: Hello and welcome to the On Sidekick Family Hour. We've got a big show for you today, and a, a bittersweet note to this episode. It's Danny Kelly's last episode as a regular <laughs> host type person thing <laughs> on the Family Hour. He's uh, he's leaving us. He's going to join the Ringer. Is that right? that's right, Danny?
1: Yeah, that's right. Tell us about
0: tell us about your new joint a little bit here.
1: Well, basically, it's kind of the follow up to Grantland, which of course kind of shuttered its doors Um, when Bill Simmons left ESPN. He kind of went off on his own. Um, He partnered with HBO, and now he's got his website and he's doing an HBO show and things like that. So it's not um, The Ringer is basically you know pop culture and sports and game of thrones and music and tech and pretty much everything. Um, they got a really cool team over there. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to, uh, start over there and see, see what I can do, see, see what I can learn from and everything. It's going to be really exciting. Cool. All right.
0: Are you going to be able to get, give us some insight on game? What's happening on game of thrones?
1: (laughs) I could. Yeah. Like if you, uh...
0: if you could in any way, just, somehow pry into the hbo connection and find out what's happening (laughs) next season yeah
1: that would be be sweet actually i bet you they know they probably know some um they probably have have an outline of it
0: you know what i mean
1: yeah yeah i figured they do because when they do the i don't know if you've seen they do an after the throne show on hbo now and uh it seems like with the graphics and everything they must have some sort of heads up on what's going on so they can prepare and get ready to do the show yeah
0: you they must have something
1: (laughs) that's pretty sweet little uh perk to to, uh doing that
0: when now okay so when do you when when are you going to be up and running over there
1: so i uh, my official start date is july 5th so basically after the fourth of july weekend is when i'm gonna start writing for them Cool. And uh, in the meantime, I'm going to take a little bit of time off to do absolutely nothing.
0: That's a good idea. Always a plus. <laughs> Always a good yeah. idea. I, think
1: I haven't done that in a while. That's,
0: you know, the most important thing between jobs is to take some time off. Yeah, I would not I, yep, like, ever recommend, unless you, I mean, sometimes you can't help it, but.
1: Right. It's just. No, that's the nice part about this. I kind of had, it's the dead season in the NFL, so um, I had an opportunity to kind of just you know leave Espionation a couple weeks early and, and kind of take some time off to just literally do nothing like you know the you know the scene in uh, office space where he's like if you had a million dollars what would you do he's like i would do nothing i would sit on my ass i would do nothing <laughs> that's what i'm going to do
0: i like the other guy in that when he goes he goes man i'd have a threesome he's like what you don't need a million dollars that like, yeah but for a guy like me he'd probably need a million dollars <laughs>
1: Yeah, I love
0: that. What a classic movie. Well, that's going to be good. Time. Um Stephen and I are going to miss you, but we will soldier on.
1: Yeah. Are you guys going to pick up another uh co-host person? I
0: don't know. Thing? I think uh, we, we we probably will try um we're going to probably just kind of the plan right now is we'll grab some guests and nice. and roll roll along. And that see sounds how cool we'll see what we get to the off season supposedly they're gonna hook us up with some formatting stuff and all that so we'll see what's going on with that fancy schmancy going into the the 21st century i know i know (laughs) (laughs) multimedia platform takeover (laughs) this and that facebook live facebook lives the biggie now too everybody's talking about facebook live that's a big one i did a facebook live monday and somebody made a comment about like why you got your bald head on there i'm like "Motherfucker." I will never do Facebook Live again until this asshole is (laughs) escorted out of the room.
1: Yeah, the Facebook Live thing is weird. I mean, we did a couple during the draft, and it's like uh, you're just talking into a camera and and trying to read comments and stuff. It's kind of an awkward thing. I think you have to get used to it.
0: Yeah, it really is. Um, Okay, um, it's OTA's time. I know that's exciting. Everybody's always excited about OTAs. Are you guys excited about OTAs and minicamp? Ecstatic. Excellent.
2: Steven's so excited he just doesn't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I, I i I just I just talk. I, I don't handle the technical side, so I just listen listen to y'all. <laughs> I, I've never done Facebook live, I I wouldn't even know how to do it probably. <laughs> I'll let everybody else do it or I I'll comment on their video. <laughs> uh,
0: um okay, I guess the thing that really stands out to me news wise today is the whole Von Miller thing. And of course like because There's nothing else to talk about. Everybody's really, like, you know, uptight about it all, and, like, this may not get done, a deal may not get done, and Von Miller could sit out because there's a thing in the the Players Union says the way his contracts have worked were something Albert Breer explained it this morning better than I could, obviously, but they can't exclusive tag him next year. So he could hold out this year, not play, and not have to worry about an exclusive tag next year. And then some team could, um, you know, they could tender him at the non-exclusive highest level, which is a first and a third round pick in exchange for the right to sign Von Miller. And some team would probably pay that. I mean, you'd probably yeah. be smart to play that, to pay that. I don't know, but.
2: Shit, every team would. <laughs> I mean, yeah, who would <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? Uh, literally, I don't. I can't think of a team that has so many pass rushes. They'd be like, Von Miller? Yeah, that's a little too steep. <laughs> no, we're fine. We're cool. <laughs> we don't need him. Um, uh,
0: th- they made an offer for him. It was one hundred and fourteen and a half million dollars, which t- in total money, which if over six years, which would be the you know, which is a little bit's about two hundred thousand more than su got paid by the Dolphins, and is the highest paid defensive player in the league right now. And but the guaranteed money was only about. 39 and a half million whereas says at 60 million and even Justin Houston is at 52 million in guarantees and that I guess is what the two sides are not agreeing on right now and from Von Miller's perspective I think he's got a pretty good point I mean it's hard to see the Broncos winning the suit Super- I know that it was it's a team effort and that's a stacked defense but it's it's hard to see that team winning the Super Bowl without Von Miller and you know, if the market for the top defensive players is fifty to sixty million dollars guaranteed, I think you got to pay Miller that. Am I wrong?
2: I mean, I think if you it's do. me, uh, you're definitely <clears throat> not wrong. And look, when it comes to NFL contracts, the only thing that matters is the guarantee. So you can say you give them two hundred and fifty million dollars. If you're only going to guarantee thirty nine or whatever million of it. That don't mean shit. No. Because, you know, you backload it, and, and, and then it comes time to pay that money. You want to renegotiate. I mean, how many guys end up having to redo their deals by the time it's over with? Pretty much all of them. Yeah. So, you know, I don't – and I'm sure the Broncos leaked that number thinking that everybody was going to be like, oh, what's wrong with Vaughn Miller? But people get a little bit more savvy these days, and they, they know – That the guaranteed money, this ain't baseball or basketball where you're gonna get all of that hundred and some million dollars. You gotta go for those guarantees. And if they are so, you know, sure about these numbers and, yeah, we're gonna give them a hundred, well, then why won't you guarantee, you know, 10, 15 million more dollars so they will be on par at least with with Justin Houston when, yeah, I love Justin Houston, but Von Miller is the better player. Oh, no question. I mean,
0: is there really, a, you know, to me, Von Miller is just in that tier of players, you know, like J.J. J. Watt and yeah. Aaron Donald. I mean, Aaron Donald, you know, he's probably needs a couple more years to, you know, whereas you know, Watt and not that Aaron Donald's a bad player by any means. He just, you know, he doesn't have quite the experience that Watt and, and Von Miller do. But, you know, he's just at that tier of defensive players who are just sort of, I mean, one of a kind. I mean, irreplaceable, you know. It's hard to see a Denver Broncos team, and especially the way everything else has gone on that team. I mean, I know that there's some confidence yeah. here. They feel like, well, our defense, you know, we won with Peyton, without Peyton Manning's arm. Now, they still had Peyton Manning savvy, which I think they're going to find they really underrated going into this season when you're turning to Mark Sanchez <laughs> or, or Paxton Lynch. But, you know, you just... Sometimes you just gotta bite the bullet and pay the, the dang the people what they're worth.
1: It's gonna be really interesting because um, you got some pass rushers now making quote quarterback money, you know. And, and generally speaking, I feel like there's probably only really room for one or two guys at the most um, that that are making that money, right? Like yeah. just based on how you. You know, allocate money in your salary cap. It's it's another thing that's going to kind of push the middle class out in, in a lot of teams. Or you're having teams rely on you know one or two extremely high paid guys, and then the rest of it's going to be rookies on their rookie deal, or not rookies, but uh, guys on the rookie deals. So um, it's going to be an interesting kind of thing to see how that kind of evolves. Obviously, the, the salary cap is increasing every year, so that will help. Yeah. But if you if you have pass rushers making quarterback money. Um, can you can you afford to have like an elite tier quarterback and a pass rusher on your team without kind of sacrificing everywhere else? It's going to be kind of interesting.
0: I mean, I guess the thing with when with the cap economics of, of a deal like that is is with somebody like J.J. Watt or Von Miller, or we've talked about this with Sue in the past. Either. it's I think it's less so with Sue, but you know what those guys bring on the field it's like you can have so much more you get so much more it raises the value of everybody else that's on the field with them
1: yeah i mean yeah if you you have a player that makes other guys better then, then that's huge and when so many people are paying attention to von miller i mean obviously we saw how dominant he was in the playoffs um when you have him you know that's basically the, your game planning to stop Vaughn Miller. That, that helps everyone else on the field, you know. It yeah. helps the other pressures So that made, you know, Malik Jackson potentially look a little bit better than maybe he is. We'll see how it goes in Jacksonville. But, um, yeah, it's it's definitely, I mean, I, I think that's kind of one of the, the things to watch over the next couple of years is if if these top-tier pass rushers start making that quarterback money, it's going to be interesting to see what teams do with that.
2: Well, you have to remember, too, that the the salary cap itself keeps shooting up. For sure. Uh, It was stagnant for so long, I think we Mm -hmm. we got used to it being flat. And then that caused a different kind of reality with uh, managing your cap. Right. You know, it it was flat for so long that, you know, you had to kind of keep – if you had a high-priced quarterback, then it couldn't be, you know, anybody else making close to that amount of money or – it would get out of whack. Now, you know, it's going up like $10 million a year it seems like. Yeah. Maybe even more sometimes. And, you know, and really this TV deal is just really starting to kick in. So, uh now, you know, <laughs> we don't know with these TV deals and stuff the way uh, cable is going and people want to un uh, uh, unhook-, unhook from the cable boxes and stuff like that. that you know, we don't really know the future and how that's going to go. Yeah. But right now, with as much money as they're getting pumped in from these TV deals, man, and, and, and the cap continuing to shoot up, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that you can't have uh, guys making a lot of money, especially like in Denver. You know, Denver's situation is so different because, look, they just got Peyton off the books, and he was making almost $20 million a year. They didn't end up paying and They were going to end up having to pay him you know, $15 million or more a year. Now you got <laughs> Mark Sanchez and you got a rookie. And, and we know that the rookie quarter uh rookie scale with the rookie scale, guys are getting paid peanuts relatively mm-hmm. for four years. So their reality to me is so different anyway, because look, you got room. You don't have you, you don't have the high price quarterback, so go ahead and give him their high price quarterback money because by the time he's up again, uh maybe your quarterback of the future now, uh, uh, the guy he just drafted uh um, yeah. can't remember his name Lynch. Uh, Lynch, Paxton Lynch, he might just be coming up for his next deal at the end of, of, of a five or six year deal for Von Miller so, you know, you have time, If you, I don't understand this from Denver, just to be quite honest with you uh, what what is it that you're worried about paying this guy, you know you had to pay him you knew you had to pay him from the get-go now, I don't think Von Miller's going to sit out a year. I, I just think, you know, it's too hard for guys to do that. Yeah. Like, it, guys don't it, – it, it, it's hard to even explain this to, to somebody that, 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 that doesn't play. But I can just tell you, like, it's in you to play. It, it's too hard. Shit is hard when you retire to watch games and everybody's playing and you want to be out there. And, and, and you should be out there and helping your team win and – it's just too hard man. Yeah, for a guy to sit out. So I, I know it's an option and then, you know, his price tag falls, but I don't think he's going to sit out. But at the end of the day, man, why wouldn't – I don't get why you wouldn't guarantee more money. I mean, the dude has shown you what kind of player he is. So yeah. it's not like, a, well, uh, we're not sure, you know, who this – you know he's a dominant pass rusher. So you know he's a dominant player. You know he makes everybody better. I was just thinking about this as you talked about – guys that make everybody better. And I was thinking about when I went back and watched the all twenty two of uh, the Super Bowl, and I believe it was actually that last sack calls fumble. And he got the ball right as Cam was about to throw it. Mm-hmm. And I think they were down like a touchdown. And I believe it was a dude wide open deep. I can't remember exactly the play. But if he doesn't get that ball <laughs> right <laughs> as Cam is about to throw it, it's about to be a huge play. Yeah. yeah. So that that's what showed you when a guy makes everybody else better, and and and, and, and I, I can't imagine what else Vaughn Miller would need to do to show that he's worthy of their money. I mean, uh, maybe he doesn't get you know the full Sue guarantee, which is which was actually an anomaly. Uh, somebody pointed out that like Sue's guarantee was higher than most of the quarterbacks who got signed. They're guaranteed. Yeah. So, you know, you got 52 or something like that. or No, it was like 60 or something crazy. And then the next highest was like 50. 50 million as far as the guarantee. So maybe not as high as Sue. But to me, I would have been insulted if I was Von Miller and and you're offering me, I don't care about the hundred or whatever million dollars for six years. If you're only guaranteeing me less than 40 million, I would have felt insulted. And he probably did.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, once that, that that contract's out there, you know, it's always a team like the Dolphins that resets the market <laughs> with stuff like that too. And it's 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 a done deal. I mean, you can't put that genie back in the bottle. And if Man, you're going to,
2: can you imagine the Redskins uh, trying try to build on Von shit. Miller? Shit. <laughs> or the Cowboys even. Man, yeah. listen. You go ahead and let him get to any kind of version of free agency that you want. Like I I don't see them sitting out, but a one and a three, man. Listen, slam dunk. They'll they'll pay that and then some.
0: Oh yeah, Cowboys. Shit, Cowboys would pay that in a heart. I mean, a heartbeat. (laughs) Jerry Jones probably have a heart attack before they could turn in the (laughs) they could file the paperwork with the players union. I mean, it'd just be. It's it's just incredible. Okay, so speaking of high, well-paid defensive players, Tyrone Matthew is about to be one of the higher-paid defensive backs in the league.
1: Uh, Is is that the new rumor now? They're going to lock him up long-term? That's
0: what the talking is right now.
1: That's a pretty cool story, honestly. I mean, obviously, he fell because of character concerns, and now he's one of the sort of leaders of that team, not to mention... He's trans. His type of play is translated to the to the NFL field. You know, like he's kind of yeah. everywhere. He plays a little bit of everything, which is so cool. Uh, I think he's one of the coolest stories of the last couple of years in the NFL. Honestly, so that that's really good. That's good to hear.
0: I guess the only you know the the difference with him is you've got. I mean, and then well, there's some similarities with Von Miller because you've had, you know, Von Miller's not injuries as much as you know some of the off-field stuff with Von Miller, but. That's caused him to miss a little bit of time here and there, but Matthew's missed some time with injuries. He I think he's torn yeah. his ACL twice,
1: which, you know, yeah,
0: is a concern. First game.
2: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. But what you know? What he's can you all, really he's always been a little undersized anyway. Yeah. So that's another concern that goes along with the, the injury concerns. But he's a playmaker regardless, so I mean, he, Nah, I'd be interested to see <clears throat> who actually signs first, him or Eric Berry, because Eric Berry already had that big, that one big deal when he came out because he still was on that before the rookie cap yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, so he had like he, uh, he came into the league as the highest paid safety in the league, I think. Yeah. Uh, if, if I recall correctly, so it's not like you know he's hurting for a big deal anyway, but I, I'm I'm wondering if like. Tyran Matthew ends up being the highest paid safety for like a day. Yeah. <laughs> the next day, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Eric Berry ends up signing. But it, it'll be interesting because you know who knows. Um, I don't think. I think there are obviously two different kinds of players, uh, and, and Eric Berry is a little bit more physical, as far as uh, thicker guy, bigger guy. Yeah. Uh, and hasn't really had those injury concerns, but he is coming off, you know, the uh, the cancer. He played well last year, but uh, I just wonder, you know, what kind of reservations the Chiefs might have about his health long term after that, because you know you just never know it may come back. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, and I guess you know you had the Harrison Smith signed his contract, a new contract earlier this week, so I guess that's sort of like the market's sort of being set for safeties now or defensive backs this offseason. So Harrison Smith signs a $51 million extension with about 28.5 fully guaranteed. So, you know, you probably just go start going up from there when you get to Matthew and then
1: Barry. Does uh, does Tyrant have any argument for being paid as a corner? Like, because he's playing in the slot a lot.
0: Well, most of his snaps have come as a cornerback
1: right so i wonder if he will try and get cornerback money because obviously corners make a lot more money than safeties generally speaking sure. and that's one of the premium positions in the nfl really you know that you got cornerbacks making more than 10 million a year so yeah that would be kind of interesting to see if he tries to tries to get cornerback money or, or how his camp kind of approaches that the you know the negotiations and everything because you know he's such a versatile player it's kind of Like the whole Jimmy Graham, like are you a receiver or a tight end thing?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you got one, two, three, four cornerbacks making an average of over fourteen million a year.
1: Wow! Yeah. And you got. I think safeties are like six or seven a year. Like I don't even actually know how how many. How much do those guys make on average? We got.
0: Eric Berry in the last year of his con and his his because he's franchised, so he's got ten he's the top with ten point eight. Harrison Smith's second at with an average of now these are average, so it's not mm-hmm. apples to apples, but Harrison Smith and Earl Thomas are both over ten million per year okay. on average.
1: So safety's he, going up yeah. quite a bit, but those are three safeties. <clears throat> yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So I mean, it's not hard to see. You know, you split the difference there and put those guys in that.
1: Yeah, that makes sense
0: in that category. But yeah, they're still. It's kind of. It's interesting. There are a few other players who haven't. You really don't hear a lot about with the franchise tag. I was just just looking at some of these salary numbers that you know you you'd think that they their teams would be trying to get a long term deal with, like Tremaine Johnson with the Rams, for instance, or. Well, Barry, we talked about, but you know some of those guys in there, you you don't hear as much about as you do the Von Miller sweepstakes. But uh, interesting stuff. Are you guys? Ha- are you guys? Were you relieved to know Roger Goodell alive and well?
1: <laughs> yeah, that was weird. That was uh, <laughs> everyone was like, uh, is this real? I don't think the NFL would. Uh, they probably not hashtag R.I.P. if he really died, but who knows? <laughs> that was weird.
0: <laughs> that was like that was one of the more exciting moments of off season NFL coverage I can remember. I mean, like that's sort of like you know, you're sitting there, it's a sleepy afternoon, and all of a sudden just some crazy shit starts happening. And it's usually the last few NFL off seasons, it's some deflate gate decision or some player discipline decision or you know some shit like that and then all of a sudden you get these hacked tweets coming across from the official nfl account
1: part of me was wondering if that was like planned like if they actually like just because they always want to be in the news like 100 percent of the time you know i mean (laughs) probably not they probably didn't actually plan it but I mean, nothing else is going on, like you said. So, like, how do we get people to pay attention to the NFL today? (laughs) Oh, let's pretend uh, we get hacked.
0: (laughs) As tightly as they control their message. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, I'm sure that's not what happened. But, like, a little part of me, the cynical part, was like, man, this is suspect.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I didn't even catch it when it first happened. I I wasn't on Twitter As it happens at that particular time, I I got on, like, I guess maybe about 15 minutes after it happened. So by the time I got on Twitter, everybody was talking about, oh, man, the NFL has been hacked. The NFL uh, account has been hacked. And I'm like, what? What? Who would even want to hack? Like, why would you even want to hack the NFL Twitter account? And then I saw what they tweeted out. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like, wow. But I mean, out of all the things you could have tweeted out. When you had that chance, right, you're only going to get one shot at this, probably. And they decided to go with, you know, Project <laughs> past. Like you said, hashtag RIP. I mean,
1: yeah.
2: I, look, I'm sure they probably got some people right at first, but it just didn't seem like something that, that would, I don't know, that people would go for or fall for anyway. I don't yeah. know. Maybe if you did some kind of, blockbuster trade or you know Peyton Manning is coming back, he's gonna play for, you know, X Team or something yeah. like that. Uh but you know they, uh, I don't know. Well, I probably why not.
1: Patriots fans. I probably would have trolled Patriots fans about some sort of deflate gate, something or other.
2: <laughs> right. I mean something like that, people would have went crazy. They wouldn't even thought about whether or not it was hacked <laughs> or not. Yeah. You know, the one you go with you know, Roger Goodell has passed is just you knew that wasn't going to really actually get people to fall for it for very long. Right. But, you know, who knows? They haven't <laughs> actually figured out who did it yet. I know they said they that it, somebody called the Peggle like he crew. did it. Yeah. Because they only followed one person after it was hacked and the person who got followed claimed it was him. But who knows? You know, I, I just, I kind of <laughs> thought it was a missed opportunity. Like, if you get a a hold of one of those kind of uh accounts, yeah, uh, I, you know something that everybody pays attention to all the time, maybe come up with something a little bit more creative than that yeah, like I, you know, know.
0: I would have found I would have found some ginger guy with a dad naked pictures of a ginger guy with a dad bod and tweeted it out naked this is naked pictures of Roger Goodell. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, Roger Goodell Snapchat.
1: <laughs> uh, <geez. laughs> the long lost Goodell nudes.
0: <laughs> a Snapchat conversation between Jerry Jones and Roger Goodell. Oh. <laughs> I know Patriots fans are really happy for a minute there though. You can almost hear the collective, all right, guys, that's fucking awesome.
1: <laughs> Seriously.
0: <laughs> what about the, the Patriots fan this week that got his picture taken with Roger Goodell, and Roger Goodell's just kind of doing his, you know, his public relations smile, and the Patriots guy is flipping him off.
1: <laughs> yeah, you gotta expect that probably for Which life. Which is totally
0: like, you know, fourth grade. I mean, the kind of stuff that, was hilarious when you were in fourth grade but i mean you know you could still laugh at it a little bit here and there
1: sure sure i'm not going
0: to lie i laughed that's just kind of the sophisticated <laughs> sense of humor that You're i've got you
1: know? so immature right that's
0: right that's right <laughs> um so i have a question what what the hell's going on in san francisco with the quarterback situation
1: Oh, that's a good one Sounds like uh, I think Mike Silver was reporting that, that Blaine Gabbard is the the heavy favorite really? to be the starter again. Is is Colin Kaepernick even playing practicing at this point in time?
0: I don't he's doing think, inter- think
1: so.
2: That's yeah. all he's clear for, is individual yeah. deals. And he just got clear for that for the minute count. He wasn't doing anything before that. Yeah. So, I mean,
1: wouldn't that make him the de facto favorite just because – like, Kaepernick's not even playing at this point, right? Right, he's not. Um, so, Gabbard's got a big head start on that. I don't know. Is this news? That's uh, that's a question. Probably not, but...
0: Well, then you throw know. in it's, the whole stuff with Chip Kelly in there, too, that makes it yeah. kind of funny to follow in the press.
2: Listen, <sighs> I mean, I, I, I think that people... Here's the thing. We, we write quarterbacks off so quickly that any suggestion that they might bounce back is usually just met with giggles. Yeah. Because, look, the guy that they're saying is the prohibitive favorite to start in San Francisco right now, nobody on earth would have believed that a year ago. Right? <laughs> Blaine fucking Gabbard? Yeah. If you'd have said that a year ago that he had a chance to start last year everybody would have laughed in your face. I would have laughed in my own damn face. Okay? So, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. You know, some guys have ups and downs in their career. Yeah, And again, I think that this particular system is perfect for uh, Colin Kaepernick. He hasn't been able to show anything until, you know, except for individual drills because he was hurt last year and he had all these surgeries in the offseason. Yeah, but to me, I I I focus and listen to Chip Kelly and the things that he says, and you know, you can pull out some quotes here and there, but I actually read uh, um, our blog, the the Niners Nation blog, actually uh, did a transcript of I guess some radio comments that Chip Kelly had done. Yeah, and he was talking about like later on, he was talking about how. Blaine Gabbard and Colin Kaepernick were, were similar in size, and they're both athletic, and yada, yada, yada. But before that, somebody asked them about um, Colin Kaepernick um, and, and how he played before. And I thought it was very kind of interesting that you got to remember, as a head coach in Philadelphia, the Eagles actually had to prepare for and play against Colin Kaepernick, I don't remember how he played in that game, but to hear Chip Kelly tell it, he was a handful for them. Yeah. So when you're on the, that other sideline you watch a guy perform and he's giving your defense a lot to, to think about, I think that kind of sticks in your mind, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just hard not to because, look, <laughs> you know, your defensive coaches are telling man, this guy's a problem. We don't know how to deal with this guy uh, when he takes off running. And you're an uh, 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 offense coordinator at heart who knows your system is better when you have a guy that adds that element to the scheme. Mm-hmm. I think that, look, if, if Blaine Gabbert was doing that damn good, I think he'd have been named starter already. I think – Colin Kaepernick probably wouldn't be there right now. They'd have found a way to move him. But there's got to be something about uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick that is intriguing to Chip Kelly for him to still open the door. He's saying it's a competition, right, for a guy who hasn't taken any snaps. Now, like, contrast it with the situation in Cleveland, for instance, where Hugh Jackson still won't name uh, RG3 as the the, uh, starter. Well, RG three and Josh McCown have both been taking reps all spring, so that just makes sense. They both been kind of competing. Mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick hasn't done anything. Literally, hasn't. I think he might have done seven on seven is the only thing he's done so far, and he just did that in, in, in this mini cap that's mm-hmm. maybe still going on or, or just happened earlier this week. But it, but to hear Chip Kelly tell it, it's still an open competition. So look, Blaine Gabbert may end up being the, the starter and he may have this huge head start and all that good stuff. I'm just telling you, I think none of this really matters until training camp. It doesn't really matter until Kaepernick actually can participate and they can see what he can do in the in the confines of this particular scheme uh, with live bullets coming at them. Because, And I'll tell you another thing that makes me feel this way. Y- y'all know, I'll tell you, I, I watch uh, the uh, red zone replay when it comes on. I was kind of yeah. mad a couple of weeks ago it wasn't on for some reason. They had like <laughs> some kind of bent, like uh, all these uh, other specials on for uh, Memorial Day weekend. But it came back last week. And Danny, you might remember this game. It just so happened to be uh, the 49ers against this, the, the Seahawks last year. Mm-hmm. And when I say Blaine Gabbard served up so many interceptions, paws in that game. <laughs> now, for once, the Seahawks didn't catch them all. <laughs> right. the I'm talking, he was throwing the right tool over <laughs> and over and over again. That whole game, they got they got the hell beat out of him anyway. But it would have been much much worse if, if the Seahawks would have just caught him. Like, he just, I mean, he looked like the old Blaine Gabbard we're used to. <laughs> okay, and so that was just a reminder to me that hey, yeah, he looked better than most of us thought he did. He would last year. I'm talking about Blaine Gabbert. But at the same time, that old Blaine Gabbert did show itself, you know, every now and then. So it's not like this guy is the second coming of Montana all of a sudden. So, look, I get it. He's been taking the reps. Uh, You know, we know that Kaepernick has has got some animosity towards the front office. And maybe that, that goes both ways. I don't know but I just think everybody needs to just chill out and wait until it gets to training camp where it, which is really the only time you're going to be able to see how yeah. effective either one of these guys are going to be in this game because that element of having the quarterback be able to run with the football is going to be huge. And look, they, they both are athletic. Blaine Gabbert definitely can run. He, he took off running against the Seahawks several times too. Yeah, I remember that. And, um, <laughs> We'll see just which one of those guys look better when, when the live bullet starts start flying in August. I don't think anybody needs to kind of, you know, say one guy's the favorite or not at this point. Because once again, like I said, if Blaine Gabby was doing that well, I just think this wouldn't even be a competition at this point. Right. I think uh, they'd still be trying to move Kaepernick and find a way to get him out of there or just keep him on as, as the number two quarterback for this year. But a guy who hasn't taken a single snap in any kind of team drills this whole offseason is still in the open competition to start. To yeah. me, that says a lot.
0: Well, and, you know, you think about what Blaine, what, uh, not Blaine Gabbard does well, but what Kaepernick does well. <clears throat> and, and it fits so, you know, not just running, but, you know, Chip Kelly's offense is pretty simple when you boil it down. I mean, it's, it's, there's not a, there's not much more than a handful of reads in it and a lot you know there's an emphasis on the deeper throws which Kaepernick does well so you don't have to complicate Kaepernick with a whole bunch of different you know w- with a thick-ass playbook and 15 different reads he's got to make before he throws the football or anything like that he's got one two, go something you know to that to that extent sort of like Greg Roman did with him you yeah. know when he was so yeah. successful right off the start of his career. So, I mean, I think that's positive. And then, too, you don't, you know, if you're the 49ers, you probably don't want to... I mean, obviously you can't shit on Blaine Gabbard in public because you got to pump him up a little bit, too, in case he is your starter. And you also have to build his value a little bit in case maybe, you know, you can move on from him. It's funny because Mike Silver is the one that reported this, and Mike Silver is always like... You can tell when Mike Silver is writing about a team because it's the most... There's... I, like, I don't even know how much smoke this guy's cable blew up somebody's ass, but every time he writes about a team, it's just, it's, he's loved in this locker room. He could be the next Alex Smith, a resurrect player who resurrects himself. I mean, this is Mike Silver who defends Jeff Fisher for being a great coach. So, <laughs> you know, you, you get a sense of, like, you know, official court reporter kind of thing here when he's reporting on teams, but uh, it's... It's, uh, you know, it'll be an interesting situation to watch once camp rolls around. And it's a good reminder of how much stock, how much the shit in May and June gets reported out. And it really kind of, you know, when August rolls around, it doesn't mean a
1: whole lot anymore.
0: You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. That's an interesting point that you make, though, about propping up kind of his the perception around him. Like, maybe part of this is, like, they want to build up a little bit of trade value before they really... Uh, you know, commit to to Gabbard or whatever. Like maybe they're still like right now trying to get his his stock out of the tank right now. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if he has a good preseason, that'll help a lot. Maybe the maybe they actually do want him to start, or you know, who knows? But part of this could just be kind of keeping your cards close to the vest and, and hoping that they can build up his trade stock a little bit because right now it's pretty low. Yeah. If, if
0: anything. Well, it's the, the Manners drafted um, – don't get too excited about this, but it's a good fit for Chip Kelly, I think, is they drafted Jeff Driscoll from Louisiana Tech this year. Too. Yeah, kind of
1: as like a developmental yeah, guy. Yeah,
0: I mean, he's got sort of that Ross – I mean, he ran like a 4-5 or,
2: or something, but he's got that court kind of – Yeah, but he's terrible. Yeah. yeah right, let me just go ahead and say <laughs> he's awful. Uh, now, he did find a way to beat Tennessee every single time. I, I don't – I swear to God, if I – if I understood how he pulled that off, uh, I'd be a genius. But literally, this, <laughs> this guy was awful, awful. He's he's not really a good quarterback. I don't think so. No, yeah, but that's my opinion. Well, they I, have I'm, Thad I'm, Lewis you know, too. Far be it from me. I, I just. I don't think he's the answer. <laughs> I, I really don't. Well, they have Thad Lewis, who was the
0: the best Rams quarterback. Since he, Mark, yeah, Bolger. he's pretty good. Yeah, I don't think he's bad
2: at all for a backup. I actually forgot about him. Where has he been? Like, well, he
0: was in Cleveland and you, Buffalo, and then he kind of.
2: Well, I know he was in Buffalo. He was in. Yeah, he went to Cleveland. Yeah. yeah.
0: I don't think he didn't play last year. I mean, the Browns cut him in September, and I don't know if anybody, if he was on anybody's roster.
2: He must not have been, because for a while, I thought he was a pretty good prospect. You know, he had some things he needed to work on, but...
0: Yeah.
2: And then he kind of just fell out of, like, literally fell off the cliff. I, I didn't I don't even know where he was at.
0: No, I didn't I mean, even know he, he signed with San Francisco. Yeah, uh, back in, you know, when free agency began. But he was one of those guys that, you know, they'd bring him in for a tryout last year. You know, teams had injuries at quarterback. They'd bring him in for a tryout and then, you know what I mean, yeah. see where he was yeah. at and see what he could do kind of stuff. Um, You know, Stephen, you brought up a good point before the show. Uh, Joe Flacco, you haven't heard much from Joe Flacco lately because he was injured in, what was it, week 11, week 10 or 11 last year, I think.
1: Does that put him on pace to be ready for the season, then?
0: Um, what I read today was that he's running again, and Harbaugh said that he'll be ready for training camp. So, you know, if he's not ready mm. for the start of training camp, he's maybe ready by, you know, the first couple weeks of training camp. Okay. Because the image, he's, of course, like everyone that's injured in the offseason, they're ahead of
1: schedule. Oh, yeah. Oops. You're ahead of schedule until you you are not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're ahead of schedule until you can't play this season.
1: Yeah. Until you're on the pup list. It's all, it's all PR. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, at least he's in the best shape of his life, except for yeah. Yeah, injury recovery. So
1: he's not, maybe it's even stronger than when he got injured.
2: <laughs> it's so funny because nobody's really talking about this. Like it's no. I, I don't know. I totally have forgotten about it till once again. Watch the Rams zone, and it was that he got hurt in that wacky game against the Rams where uh, the Rams quarterback actually had the concussion and they kept him in the game at the end. Yep. And uh, when, matter of fact, in that game, uh, when he got hurt, when he tore the ACL, nobody even really realized it was that big of a deal. It was like near the end of the game, they just announced he tore his ACL, and I was like, what? So, yeah. uh, I totally have forgotten about it because I don't know. It just seems like it's, it nobody's talking about it. I, I once once I saw that, I started kind of looking around Twitter and then, you know, here and there you would see reports about um, the kind of progress he was making in his rehab. But normally I just think it would be a bigger deal because it's not like he toured early on in the season where he would have a full year. Uh, before you have to take the field, you know. You know I understand that the, the timetable on ACLs has moved up now, but just with you know with a quarterback with with Flacco being such a, a, a important part of that team, um, not talking about him coming off of ACL seems like I don't know. It's just it's kind of weird to me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think the Ravens kind of just had a really down year so maybe like people just aren't talking about the Ravens that much but I mean they're still a really good team if they are healthy and he's a huge part of that obviously so yeah that is pretty interesting that I guess it's just like I haven't even really thought about it
0: well I guess you know you just people just sort of assume that oh well he'll be he's injured but he'll be back and there won't be you know any sort of controversy or anything but you you know it's I mean I I know an ACL tear isn't Ian isn't by no means a career ender or anything like that. But it's something to watch because you're not always back to 100% when you come back from an ACL tear either.
1: No, not at all.
0: I mean, I'm used to sort of like, you know, I don't know, the last time, I mean, Sam Bradford tore his ACL, came back in the preseason tore the same fucking ACL again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I usually kind of reserve like two years to have someone be back to full speed of course that's kind of like a skill position like a receiver or running back or whatever but i, th- I mean it still can affect the quarterback you know, depending on uh you know if they're if it's even an player, elite like, one i whatever yeah i mean even if you're elite like flacco <laughs> it's, it's a factor <laughs> you have the confidence issues like you know planting on your leg and people being around your legs and stuff. Like, obviously that's the thing with quarterbacks is guys are always falling around at, on your at your legs. And yeah. so he's going to have to get over that kind of fear or whatever.
0: Who knows? Does anyone <laughs> – have you been following the Akib Tlaib situation a whole lot? Oh, no. I <sighs> haven't. <laughs> when is somebody going to invent sweatpants? A better brand of sweatpants with a better waistband that make it easier to put your gun in there. (laughs) I mean, I know he says he's not sure. He may have been shot. He may have shot himself. But when you read about, like, the description of the injury, it seems pretty clear he probably shot himself.
1: Wait, he doesn't know if he shot himself? He
0: was pretty – he said he was too – I mean, the police report, he said he was too intoxicated to remember the details.
1: Oh, I gotcha. Okay. But it definitely well,
2: done. Well, he may not even know where he was at. Yeah. Because he told him he was at a park. Oh, no. But evidently, he might have been at a strip club. So, <laughs> you know, he seems to be a little hazy on all of the details yeah. <laughs> surrounding this shooting. And he's it's probably going to get
0: suspended for it.
2: A game or yeah, two. You know,
0: a game or two at least. I mean, if hey, you take he's not a gun, you going out. to jail
2: like, like PepsiCo did, but yeah. I mean, man. It's, well, I was really shocked yeah, I, to
0: learn in the whole thing that Texas actually had gun laws. So
2: <laughs> Besides yeah, the public seal the, and, and carry. Kind of laws, so, like, you, you carry yes. those kind of gun laws, so you can carry this <laughs> anywhere. Those kind of gun laws. Not the <to> restrict. <laughs> um, but A key to lead, man, is just it, I don't even know what to say. You know, he's, he, they drafted him here, and it just literally seemed like he could not stay out of trouble. And, and I don't even know, it, it, it's weird to say, but I, I don't even know that he's a bad guy. He just stays, uh, <laughs> he's not a victim of circumstance, that's for sure. Like, he puts himself, himself in these situations. Yeah. But, well,
0: it's always true in, he, like, in he's Dallas.
2: Gotta, he's out, you know. Looking for trouble necessarily. I just think he's a guy that's oblivious.
0: Yeah.
2: Like he'll, he'll go somewhere with his gun thinking nothing's gonna happen and then something happens. Now, the only time like he's been in trouble that, that I actually felt for him was with the situation with his sister. Yeah. You know, his sister got beat up by her, uh, I guess it was a, either a boyfriend or ex boyfriend, and then either Akeeb or his mama. <laughs> Shot at the dude and look, I, I can't be mad at him for that. Uh, <laughs> after, you know, beat man's sister. That, that's probably he probably got off light. Just yeah, exactly. Um, but this other stuff, man. It's like he just dude. It was the day before they were going to see the president. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Like, what? What are you doing?
0: You I couldn't mean, wait. He just tweeted about it he got like a forty five hundred dollars suit or something.
2: To go see the president <laughs> yeah. and be ready for winning the Super Bowl, and you can't wait. You you can't. You just absolutely can't wait a couple of days at least. You know you miss you miss everything because shot either you shot yourself in the leg or, or somebody some kind of way shot you in the leg. But you done got <laughs> shot the day before you're supposed to go see your president. I mean it's just. Man, I don't even know what to say about this. Because cause the thing about Akeem is every single time you think he's turned a corner, something like this pops up. Yeah. Every single time. You know, I thought, look, he'd been with the Patriots. I don't think they won it the year he was there or whatever, but uh, but they did pretty well. Came to the Broncos, wins the Super Bowl ring. Man, what? Why can't you stay out of trouble? It's not like he's 22 anymore. I mean, the dude got to, he been in the for a while now. I signed a $57 you know, million dollar contract. Yeah, he, look, he done, he done made plenty of money. He probably, the loss been there too with fines and stuff. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and suspensions. But I, I just, when is the dude, I just don't understand when this dude is going to grow up. Like, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know what it's going to take for him to finally just stop doing dumb shit. It just boggles my mind. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, not to like. I mean, not, not to touch the subject of gun control. But man, if you're going to carry around (laughs) a gun, you got to be. You got to have some basic, sort of. You know. Like, you know, you don't you don't you don't want him to ha- have that in the, the waistband of your sweatpants
1: or anything like that. <laughs> Turn on the safety, maybe. Because it also. came
0: through what it, the bullet went through his thigh and into his calf. Jeez. Well, unless somebody was standing above him and shot him while he was sitting down, there's only one way. You know, I'm, I'm not right. a logistics guy, but, you know, there's only <laughs> one way that that's an injury like a gunshot like that's going to happen
1: man i mean he's lucky like super lucky that it didn't like hit his femoral artery yeah, or whatever yeah. i mean he could fucking oh, it die the way
2: he works yeah and, oh, and yeah. we still don't really know how this might affect him i mean quarterbacks kind of need their legs is kind of a pretty big deal <laughs> yeah. for quarterbacks right. That's so, true. Uh, so who even knows what damage he might have done to his calf or and or his thigh in the process it's just point. man i
0: well, yeah, I mean, just, if your uh, quad's fucked up from a bullet and you lose, you know, a second or two off your 40 time, that changes your play. Yeah. Who knows, man? Yep, 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 yep. Who knows? But just, uh, I guess if you're going to a strip club, leave the gunner home or don't wear sweatpants if you're going to put it in your waistband at least. <laughs> Turn the safety on or something. I don't know. I have no idea. Get a
2: holster? I don't know, Yeah. Listen, if you make as much money as that kid has made, <laughs> has, you, your body you need goes. to ask yourself before you leave the, leave the house, if I'm going to a strip club where I need a gun, maybe I don't need to go to that strip club. Yeah. Or maybe I need to hire security and they can carry the gun. But I don't need to go to some hole in the wall. I just won the Super Bowl. I'm about to go meet the president. If I need to carry a gun to this strip club, I probably don't need to go to that strip club. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's all I'm saying look I've been to plenty of strip clubs anyone that I felt like I needed a gun in I was just like you know what I don't need the gun this is followed out the place for me <laughs> I'm just saying man I, look I have been wanting this kid to turn around for so long I really have and just so every talented. time when I think, well, every time I think it, it, he he's turned a corner, something like this happens.
0: Nothing good ever happens in Texas.
2: <laughs> and he won't leave. That's another thing. <laughs> he can't it's not like go back there. He gets almost, it's in Dallas where he's from. And he will not leave. I mean, <laughs> come on, man.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: man. I don't know. <laughs> I just hope that it don't, you know, get any worse for him like i you know you would have yeah. learned his lesson before now now you done shot yourself i mean it's only so many worse things that can happen from that you know so i just i at some point man he's got to get it i, I don't know I, I don't know <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I mean, because it's lucky you can laugh at it now because it's a self-inflicted leg, you know, shot in the leg. But man, you wonder, like that could have easily been worse. Like, yeah. You know. Ah, well. <sighs> nothing. Nothing good ever comes out of that. Those situations, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what else. We'll see what's <laughs> going on. Ah, uh, what else? Anything else on your on your all's off season radar so far? Been ranking, anything, uh, any rankings jumping out at you this offseason?
1: <laughs> <laughs> always enjoy the quarterback rankings. Those are always um, unanimous agreement on everything.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. What? So we were kind of discussing this on uh, email. So the Eagles beat writers <laughs> have been to OTAs and stuff. And various different different beat writers have all kind of chimed in and said that Sam Bradford hadn't looked too hot. Hmm. But then, like last week, the Eagles' offense coordinator came out and made it seem like Sam Bradford was the second coming of Joe Montana. so far. <laughs> he, he said he wasn't just doing good. He's exceeded all expectations. And I'm like... Okay, somebody lying. All right? <laughs> somebody lying. And look, I understand there's some coaches out there that don't believe in calling out players publicly. But there's a huge difference between like I said, this ain't one guy saying that Sam Bradford hasn't looked good. That's pretty much been the consensus. And look I I understand that media guys aren't scouts. And so, you know, some of them might not know what they're talking about. But when you got pretty much a consensus of everybody's watching practice that <laughs> this dude isn't isn't doing so hot, but then the offense coordinator comes out and makes it seem like he, he he's the best thing since sliced bread. I'm just wondering where's the disconnect there? Like, are they, you know, we talked about Kaepernick, are they trying to build up Sam Bradford's trade uh uh, 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 uh trade value, a trade stock? Or or, or just what? Because something is wrong. Like, something is is not adding up there.
0: Man, I'm going to tell you what. If if Eagles beat writers, you know, more than one, too, are saying this about Sam Bradford in practice, if Sam Bradford is not practicing well, that's a bad sign. Because there's one thing that guy has always been able to do throughout his career is practice like a (laughs) fucking pro bowler. (laughs) <laughs> Every damn year. I mean, I've seen him practice. It's like, you it all, you know, it, look, it looks like a it looks like a first overall draft pick in football practice, like you would kind of expect. So if there's even a hint that he's not doing well in practice, man, just get ready. Because <laughs> I've, you know, you've seen what happens when the the shooting starts. Yeah so to speak, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm, not a, I, I'm not the world's biggest Sam Bradford fan. I, I think he's a slightly overrated, as I've like I've said before.
2: Well, you know, you, you had to figure he was going to be a little bit behind. He, he staged his little uh, OTA holdout or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, you have people writing articles like uh, was was head and shoulders better than him. And so I'm like, okay. And then I'm sitting there reading the stuff from the offense court, and I'm like, huh? I mean, what? <laughs> what? Because if anything, you just figure, look, we can lie about some things, but we letting these people come and watch our practices. You can't lie that blatantly. If if he's doing that, poorly, you can't come out and make it seem like the guy's tearing it up. I mean, because, you it, know, it, it, it doesn't work that way. But like I said, somebody lying. I don't know who. I ain't gonna point no fingers. But I'm just saying somebody is lying.
0: <laughs> well time will tell. I mean I don't you know, I still think I'd be awfully surprised if Wentz wasn't starting in week one for the Eagles, but we'll see what happens. Because the you know he's got camp in the preseason and they'll both get plenty of work in in the preseason, I'm sure. So, um, but we'll see. We'll see where this goes with Bradford. If he'll get, if somebody else will sign him to a ginormous contract in the off season.
1: How much money has he made in his career?
0: <laughs> well, his rookie deal was worth seventy six. Gosh, seventy six or seventy eight, one of the two. Yeah. So, yeah. It-
1: Good work if you can get it
0: not bad not bad I mean I feel a little sorry for the guy because like you know the shitty Rams drafted him when they had Steve Spagnolo as the head coach and then they that was two years with that mess and then they hired Jeff Fisher and the way well, you know how that goes when you've got Je- your quarterback and Jeff Fisher's your coach so <laughs> it's not like you're just like born under a bad sign you know
1: yeah he't he hasn't been put into an ideal situation. For sure. Plus, the injuries really fuck with your development, but, yeah.
0: Yeah, and this is something, too, like, and this is, in, you know, to in that whole conversation around a D-League that's kind of bubbled up again lately, but it, it's just like, you know, they these so many of these teams that take a rookie quarterback are desperate, and they throw those guys into the fire, and that's mm-hmm. fine if you have Andrew Luck, but there's not a lot of Andrew Luck's out there to be had every year in the draft, so... You know, you already see this with Goff in L.A. He's, you know, in 99% chance he'll be the week one starter. I don't know about, you know, we don't quite know. We just talked about the situation in Philly, and we don't know quite what's going to happen there. But, you know, these teams get so desperate, and a lot of them aren't good. They're drafting a quarterback first overall because they've got a lot of problems on their team to begin with. So you're throwing these guys out there. They don't have an offensive line to work with for shit. They don't have great receivers. They don't have, you know, they probably don't have much on offense, period, to work with. So you're already putting most of the load on their shoulders, and it's their first year. They're most likely not ready for what the NFL is going to throw at them versus what they've seen in the Big 12 or the Pac-12 or, you know, even the SEC. Not that there's just a ton of SEC quarterbacks coming out in the first two picks, but... It's. uh, I mean, to me, that's really like the quarterback is, is as is the best argument you can make for having a D league because you throw you invest all this money and time and franchise stability in a guy and you 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 set him up with conditions that aren't ideal to succeed.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd be curious, Stephen, what you had to say about a developmental league like where like for instance like say a team has a minor league team so there's like a whole minor league system is that something that's actually plausible that would happen or is like injuries too big of a deal like is it just too much health concern
2: well uh, see here's the thing I, I think I think you gotta have it kind of separate you know the world yeah. league was pretty, pretty much separate. Like, teams could send players over there, what have you, but then there were some players that were just unattached to teams. And, and, and so uh, the thing is, you want to have a developmental league where guys who can't really make it into the league can go and maybe hone, hone their skills and then come back, and then maybe they're ready But what I don't think you want to have is a situation where you can send guys who maybe already have made the team and pretty much are going to make it again the next year, Mm -hmm. but they just need a few more reps. Because, look, it it, 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 it could end up being a way to get around the CBA. You know, one Mm -hmm. of the big things that coaches are are, are, are mad about is uh, how little on-the-field time they get in the offseason. But one of the reasons why the NFLPA prioritized this so much is because it was getting progressively worse. You know, without these rules in place, coaches were having guys doing all kind of crazy stuff, you know, with without pads, mind you, but they're going full speed and, and trying to do one-on-one pass shorts, for instance, yeah. in shorts and, and helmets. And we did that back when I was playing. It was crazy. Actually, one of our starting defensive ends, uh, lost a year of his career because uh, we, we were practicing the off, uh, in the off season, and he ended up taking a helmet into his shoulder and tore his, uh, tore, tore his shoulder. I, I, I forget the actual technical name for it. But he ended up with a zipper on his shoulder when we were in shorts and helmets. So yeah. that's kind of telling you the kind of intensity we used to have in those drills back in the day. And then you would have some coaches that would keep guys even after, you know, practice was, practice was over and getting them extra reps of one-on-one passers. I mean, it's the most absurd thing in the world in hindsight. But at the time, you're like, well, I got to do this or I'm not going to make the team. Yeah. And so, you know, teams might take it further now. Like, okay, you know, this guy, he might be a second-year guy, but we want to get some more reps. Send him over there, and now this guy is, you know, however long the season is, eight games, it says an eight-game season in the spring. Now, that guy has to go through uh, eight-game season in pads, come almost straight from there, and then go to training camp and pass, and then play a uh, 17-week regular season. Yeah, and That's just too much, man. And yeah. so I think what you have to have in this situation is kind of some firewall and some rules and regulations where – okay, yeah, if these guys are, you know, if it's a practice squad guy or a guy who's never really made the roster, some of those street-free agents uh, that the teams pick up in the offseason who you know really haven't gone through a 17-week season prior to that being in pass and stuff, yeah, you can send them over to this league and let them develop and get some reps that way. But, but if it's a guy who, you know, two or three years in the league and Yeah, you'd like for him to get some more reps that he can't get during the regular season. You you can't send that guy and have him banging heads for six or eight weeks, and then have him come straight from that and bang heads again in training camp and then a seventeen week season. It's just—it's too much, man. I I understand it. Everybody wants, you know, more guys to have opportunities, and the World League definitely um, presented that. We actually had a guy, Chartrick Darby. uh, his his uh, nickname was Chuck. He actually played for you guys for a while. Uh, he he was, he uh, he started the Super Bowl here in Tampa uh, when mm-hmm. when Booger McFarland was hurt, and then he eventually went over uh, and played for the Seahawks and started for them in the Super Bowl too. They, they ended up losing that one. Um, but Charlie Darby came from like I think he had played some some arena football, mm-hmm. played in the World League. And it came straight from the World League over to us, straight to training camp. And that dude, look, he, he was an undersized defensive line. He actually has like the, the sack record in South Carolina State. Um, hmm. But he's, he, when he first got to us, he was like a defensive end, an undersized defensive end. I don't think Chuck was six feet tall, to be honest with you. But he was worn out, man. You could just tell that he was worn out from all of that football. He gave us everything he had, and, and and I think in a lot of ways he impressed our coaches because of how he fought through all of that fatigue that you you could tell he had. But at the same time, man, he couldn't perform. Mm-hmm. His legs were yeah. dead all the time. It took until the next offseason when he finally had some rest, where he finally was able to actually show us what he could really do. And I'm just telling you, I haven't seen it, man. i respected the hell out of him for that and always will. But that's just too much to ask has got to do. Mm-hmm, so yeah. uh, I think that will be the key element right there. Um, how they pick and choose and how they're able to pick and choose who's actually involved in this developmental league and what guys are eligible. Uh, kind of like with the practice squad thing. You know, if a guy right. has a year of service, if he's actually played football games, I'm not so sure that guy needs to be in a developmental league. Yeah.
0: It's
2: interesting stuff, yeah.
0: But uh, it's you know, it's 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 too bad there's not some way, but you know, you've got to and, and to you know, I worry about those guys come out of college and you know, you're they've been playing football for free for so fucking long. You want to make sure if you're in that situation, you get paid too. And obviously you're not going to get paid in a D league, what you're going to make in the NFL, but got to be some way.
1: Yeah. And it's got to be some, it's got to be different enough than the CFL or whatever. Cause a lot of guys that are on the cusp of making rosters, playing the CFL and, and that works all right. So yeah, it's, it's a, an interesting prospect. It, like, in theory, it sounds really cool, but I could see how in practice it's just, like, not something that would work, you know? Yeah.
2: Well, it could. Like, here's the thing. That's another thing. What do you want to get out of this league is the question, right? Um, because on the one hand, you want um, some guys to come out of this league and be able to make NFL rosters. But at the same time, in order for you to have have a viable developmental league, I think you have to have some guys in there in that mix too that probably won't ever make an NFL roster. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but who can play well enough to play on that level and kind of you know be some filling in guys for the team? Because one thing about it is they're still going to have to be entertaining to a certain extent. They're still going right. to have to at least draw small small crowds to make it financially feasible because somebody's got to spend money on this. And so, on the one hand, if you invest money in it, you want to make sure that you're getting something out of it in terms of getting some players out of there that that's actually going to make contributions in the NFL. Yeah. But also, you want to make sure that, the team is good enough, it, it, it's actually a decent enough team that, one, those guys can't actually all show what they can do. Like, you know, if you get all terrible quarterbacks that's never going to play in the NFL, well, then your league is probably going to suck. And you, now your wide receivers maybe could make it in the NFL, but can't, they can't show anything But but they're because they're playing with a terrible quarterback. But at the same time, you need, you're probably going to need some quarterbacks in there that's never going to play in the NFL just because somebody's got to do it somebody's got to draw a crowd to make, to make some of that money back. You know, you, you got to find a way to make at least some of that money back. If you're playing in front of a crowd of 200 people, that developmental league won't last very long. So I, I think, too, that, that that's going to be a, sell, a, a, a sticking point, too, is what is the real purpose of a developmental league? Uh, you know, if, if it's just a B team for every NFL team, I'm not sure it's going to work because that's a, you know, that's, you're going to have a lot of players there that you're counting on for the NFL season now risking themselves for injury. Right. right. In the sprint. At the same time, you know, how many just mm. J, you know, Jag guys do you want either? Just a guy Yeah, who's probably not going to be the league. How many of those guys are you going to have in there too? Because you're probably going to lose money on those guys. You're going to have those guys getting coats and those guys wearing uniforms and, you know, drinking your Gatorade, and then they're never going to make it to the league. So, you know, in a lot of ways, you're going to invest in them, and they're not going to really give you any return on investment. So I think it's a very complex situation. You know, the simple thing is everybody wants a developmental league. Everybody thinks guys aren't coming out. You know, we talk about the offensive line problem a lot. Yeah, uh, Guys are coming out and, and, and not ready to perform right away. But that's that's the simplest part of it. Now, how do you implement it and make it fair and make it equitable and make it make sense, even financially, for teams to invest in it? So, uh, you know, I, I think I, 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 I'm sure that a lot of people want a developmental lead. But just to be honest with you, I think the issues are going to be so complex that it's going to be quite a while before they actually materializes.
0: You know, I wonder, too, with something like that, it's and it's not, you wouldn't cover nearly as many players as you would with the D-League, but if you just sort of expanded rosters in a way, I mean, not necessarily just as a straight addition to the 53-man roster, but maybe you expand, you know, you tweak practice squad size and rules a little bit, so you can, you know, you still get, you, you can kind of redshirt guys a little bit more to bring them up in the NFL. I mean, now then you've got another problem because then you have to kind of change this, the, the, the collective bargaining agreement structure because your revenue pool changes because you're bringing more players into it. But that, you know, mm. and you don't get as many players, but no, you then you could say you could take some time with a quarterback in the later in the later rounds or whatever, you could take some time with an offensive lineman. You could take some time. I, I mean, I don't know. Again, it's all theoretical. It's easier said than done. But
2: well, here's the thing. To me, what would make this all a lot simpler is if you could have a developmental league playing during the NFL season. Yeah, kind of like every other develop, developmental league does. With pro sports, you know, yeah. if you have developmental league and baseball is playing during the same baseball season, the D league with the NBA is playing during the NBA season. So if we could find a way to do that during the NFL season, now you don't have to worry about guys getting worn out in the spring. Yeah. You know, now maybe those final roster cuts in August, you know, right before the season starts, those guys go immediately to uh, or some of them do. Immediate to, immediately to this developmental league. But then you got to find somewhere to play. And it's, all, it's also college football season. Yeah. So where, where are you going to find a play, you know? And how many of these dudes would will be willing to go there instead of going to, say, the CFL? So I think that's the one major thing that would make a difference is if they could find a way for it to fit during the actual NFL season, but I'm just not know how. You, I just don't know how you can do that.
0: It's tough. I mean, there's no easy answer for. It. I mean, the easiest answer would be if college football was more like NFL football, or NFL was more like college football, and then you have truly sort of a a smoother transition. But you know, the realities of those two entities are so different that to survive, they kind of have to. You know, they're they have to be different like that. But um. We are cross the hour and fifteen minute mark, so probably should wrap it up. Um, it's with it's um, a sad, sad wrap it <laughs> up because we got to say goodbye to Danny Kelly for a little while until we can get him back on as When we, when we bring him back on, Stephen, he'll be guest Danny Kelly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's gonna be weird.
0: <laughs> well, Danny, I mean honestly though. You know, nothing, I wish you nothing but the best. I mean, and and good luck to you. You'll be great. No concerns about that. And I I look forward to reading your stuff. As I always have. (laughs)
2: Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, man, we we hate seeing you go. And we're definitely going to miss all these conversations. And I'm definitely going to miss our back and forth. uh, Yeah, me too. What we did last year. I thought we were just getting. Kind of just catching our groove with that, but man, I couldn't be happier for you uh, with the ringer, and I'll definitely be supporting you over there. So I don't really? forget us when you don't don't forget us about us little people when you go over there and start high on HBO. Like uh,
1: no, I I really appreciate that. <laughs> Honestly, it was it was really fun doing the. I, I agree, the back and forth that we did last year was good. We kind of yeah. got like you said, we got real, we got a lot better at it as we went along. So. Uh, it's kind of a bummer that I don't get to do that anymore. But I, I really do hope you guys have me back as a guest every once in a while, oh, just yeah. so I can uh, catch up with you guys and everything.
0: Absolutely, no doubt. Well, don't be a stranger, and uh, we we'll, uh, we look forward to it. And enjoy enjoy the two weeks off, man. You deserve I will.
1: it. I will, for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're holding out. You're skipping OTAs. I like it. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) All right, guys. Um, Great show, and uh, we'll talk again soon in one form or another.
1: Sounds good. Thanks, guys.
0: See See you guys.